Familiar opening lyrics from Mr. Alvin Lee so many years ago, so prophetic Mr. Lee's vision was. We like to use it to open up the show to talk about these things that are happening. They're exactly what he prophesied so many years ago there, Chris. Chris joined us. He's feeling a little better today. We'll check in with him in a second. It's the 13th of May. Interesting. It's not Friday the 13th. It's Monday the 13th. I'm not sure if that's ominous or not. It might be. And uh, of course, it's Roger Sales, uh, the Radio Ranch and the People's Patriot Network. I guess we tweaked a little bit uh, from what Greg was telling me. Uh, he and Paul tweaked a little bit of the server. So it may be a little bit louder today than it was before. I'm not sure. I don't think we're going to see that uh, that difference on our end. It's from uh, the server out. So uh, Chris, you're back with us here on this Monday, the 13th of May. It looks like this may be our week we've been looking for, buddy. <laughs> well, in view of that, I recall the Mamas and Papas song, Monday, Monday, Can't Trust That Day. That's right. And also, I was looking back to Tale of Two Cities and Bar Rass Star, or Barristers, they like to call themselves, Sidney Rignan, when he says, this is the best of times, it is the worst of times. Yeah, very interesting. And, that, doesn't that open up that book, uh, it, The Scarlet Letter or something? It was the wor best of times, it was the worst of times? Tale of Two Cities, I think okay. it was. Okay, could be. And, uh, you know, that was Madame Defarge when she was sitting there in an opening scene, leading the rope to hang themselves with the gallows, as I recall. <laughs> well, you know what? I did a, I did something pretty weird Friday night. I was sitting here and looking at a, a video on, pretty interesting video. This gal does real good work. She's a very good narrator, and whoever wrote the script did great. I'd listened to... I'd listened to one of her previous things. I don't know, remember where I got my hands on it. And then it had a list of those videos over on the right, you know, related. Okay. And, and uh, one of them was what's happening at Disney. And that kind of interests me. And so I uh, uh, popped over there and I put it on. It was an excellent presentation. I had no idea Walt Disney was a Freemason, him and his brother both. Uh, and it goes over the whole story of uh, uh, Disney from its inception and his beginnings all the way up to now the CIA taking over and uh, they just are they're buying one of the other big studios 20th Century Fox or something some 80 something billion dollar deal um, so obviously they're a big player and obviously why so they can indoctrinate the youth from whenever the parents sit them in front of a, a phone, a screen, or a television with Disney Productions on there. And so it was in the middle of that they were talking about, of course, we know about Alice in Wonderland, and that was uh, Walt Disney's big turn. 
It wasn't The Sorcerer's Apprentice, which I thought it was. It was in 1951, I believe, and they did Alice in Wonderland, which was a huge smash as a cartoon. And I think we're all familiar with the story, and we know now that we're adults or older than adults, as some of us, probably most of us are, uh, that, that Alice in Wonderland, originally called Through the Looking Glass, uh, is a layout and a political story and a layout of what they're planned to pull. And they indoctrinate the children from it, from because it's the most popular children's story in history. Have you ever watched that movie, Chris? I have seen both of those movies and several others. In fact, I think I may have suggested on this uh, program before that I happen to have a very unusual and rare copy of a early, somewhere in the late early seven, late 1700s, early 1800s book called Through the Looking Glass, which is a Masonic book production with wonderful wood-type prints in it that expounds the suggested illusions of the higher ideals of masonry. Of course, uh, Walt Disney being part of that group. Uh, there could have been, let's call it undertones or secret encrypted references to special considerations. Well, it wasn't any. It's not. It's not secret. Hell, it's right in front of you. Uh, if you know what you're looking for, for, it's right in front of you. And that's what I was going to encourage uh, uh, anybody out there that's curious. And you know, that is, it is the Cheshire Cat. Things get curiouser and curiouser. <laughs> Uh, if you got some a, like a like a Cajun down there in South Louisiana, if you got a big curious, uh, you may want to pop over to YouTube and put Walt Disney, Alice in Wonderland in there. And uh, there's several versions of it up there. The uh, the one I finally ended up watching got in it was segments. But I noticed that, and I saw a lot of familiar things that I've used here on the program and that have helped, helped me out so much in understanding this, but I noticed that in the production of this that I watched, or, or the presentation of it, of the production, more accurate, um, they didn't have the Humpty Dumpty scene. I saw, I saw Humpty Dumpty nowhere in the, I don't know, seven, eight, ten segments that they had laced together in the one I watched. The reason I, I started to watch another one that was on their total, and it was dropping stuff all through there. I could tell it was dropping, and I went and found another one. And this one, as I finished it, I, I said, well, where's the Humpty Dumpty scene? It never was in there. But right at the start, uh, Chris, it uh, is one of the Alice, uh, famous Alice quotes there when she's uh, being first presented with this and talking to her cat and she said if I had a world of my own everything would be what it is because everything would be what it isn't and then what it is it wouldn't be you see and so that's what lays it in right there at the start and then that theme goes all the way through her adventure and I noticed um, as she's falling down into the rabbit hole, uh, she comes down in her dress, acts, you know, like Mary Poppins, right? Uh, it acts mm -hmm. as an umbrella, and she's coming down the hole, and the dress kind of pops out. It doesn't, it's not anything X-rated yet. This is, this is old Disney, <laughs> 
Okay, so her dress kind of pops out enough to be an umbrella, and she uh, plops down in a, there's a chair floating right there by her, and, and she plops down in this chair, and she ends up starting to read a book, and then all of a sudden the book flies away from her. So there's the knowledge, everything that flies away, and she goes on down the uh, and lands and goes through all this stuff, and it, it was just very interesting. You see the dialectical tone painted through the whole production, at least what I saw of it. Um, they had, uh, remember the tea party scene? Uh, if if and yeah. okay, when they had the tea party and she's with the Mad Hatter and all that stuff, and do you remember what they're do you remember what they're celebrating there? Hmm. They're celebrating. Like no, they're celebrating your unbirthday. And because if if you've got one day a year that's your birthday, then every other 364 days a year are your unbirthday, aren't they? I suppose you could extrapolate that thought. Okay, so it goes in more dialectics, and then it goes into the uh, to the uh, where she gets involved with the Queen of Hearts, and uh, and and then she finally off gets to, yeah off with her head, and it finally gets to the trial, right? Because the king's going, no, no, she's got to have a trial. She's got to have a trial. Do you remember this part? Uh, I recall it vaguely, but I remember it was something. Uh, referencing the fact that they'd already made the decision they had to go through the motions anyway. Well, the the, the quote from the queen was, sentence first, trial later. <laughs> yeah. Which I thought that you'd particularly relate to. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, I do have a trial coming up this Wednesday, supposedly, although it may be dismissed, or maybe I'll see if they can apply some sanctions to prosecution for failing to fly with Jinx Act, Brady Act, Giglio, Bundy, and other requirements to discover all uh, adversarial information. You had not been to Sweden the last few years, have you? No, I have not. Oh, that's good. I've always thought life is there. Well, I, I was thinking good because if you hadn't been, they can't charge you with rape over there because uh, that's what they're trying mm. to they're trying to open reopen that on massage i i saw it a day after the case had been closed a few years back and it was all bs anyway obviously sweden's right at the crux of this group of sabbatean satanists because you can see them pioneering so many different things over there regardless and so uh you know it's a, a sentence now trial later Chris and it goes on yeah. through and but it's very interesting now that you know what they're talking about and if any of you're sitting around with nothing to do on not only a Friday night but any night or day and you want to go back and go well, let me go look at that little Alice in Wonderland thing before I show it before I show it to my grandkids and so then you can, as you're uh, showing it to your grandchildren, now that we know what's going on, you could, if you wanted to, and were of that mindset, adeptly show them exactly what the hell's going on and start training them at a very young and tender age in the opposite of the dialectical negative side that our traditional enemies have plans for them on. Chris. Let's see what else exciting is happening here on the 13th, Monday the 13th. Well, uh, it is Cyber Currency Day here on the show. We try to uh, focus on that, and I'm assuming, because I haven't heard anything different, 
that uh, John and Kathy are going to join us in the second half. we got some stuff to talk about today, Chris. Uh, not reading our Alice in Wonderworld, uh, Wonderland session, I think it's probably worthy of mentioning that the later iteration, uh, I don't remember exactly Mad, the Mad Hatter or whatever it was, but Johnny Depp was a particularly high-budget produced uh, operation, and it's worthy of viewing, very entertaining, and has even more esoterica embedded and implied within. You know, it was interesting going back down the rabbit hole with Alice here, because I know we're going to get to the economic stuff that's popping this morning. Um, You know, when I lived there in San Rafael, excuse me, San Rafael, um, they had an old theater right down on Main Street called the Teatro Roma. And it used to be the movie theater for town. And they'd converted it into more of a stage thing. And they had, I saw some excellent musical acts on there. Uh, man, I saw a electric electric violin player, a three-piece Cuban band out of Brazil there one night. If I'd have still been in the music business, I'd have been trying to sign those boys, okay? I mean, these people were just flat-out good, all right? And very unique, you know, one of those niche kind of groups. Anyway, uh, they had productions through there all the time. And I was walking down Main Street, which I was I, I used to like to do. And um, I walked by there, and there was a production, a live stage production, Alice in Wonderland in Spanish, you know. So this has been used for a long time to indoctrinate uh, uh, even subconsciously children at an early age. Uh, I would... Uh, I really encourage anybody, if you're sitting around twiddling your thumbs and maybe even want to go back, I'll tell you what, we've been we've been talking about sharing things with other people. That's a, If people don't understand, that may be a good place to start right there. The, the verbiage, of course, that I've used in my book, and um, I found this, Chris. Is the, I'll tell you where I sourced this. This is pretty interesting. Um, you know, I took six months and went through paralegal school there when I was in Atlanta uh, because the paralegal school was owned by the school I taught at, the Art Institute of Atlanta, and I could get over there for free. So I just popped over and went through six, six months of night courses, you know. And in that, in that curriculum, there was 10 different modules that we contract law on. That I don't remember them all, real estate law and whatever. But one of them, one of those 10 modules was uh, legal research. And... Um, let me let me let me see if I can get our see if I can get our captain in here with his front landing gear down. Uh, so in those ten modules, one of them was legal research, and the book that they had us use was from an excellent resource. I've mentioned it on the air before. Um, and any of you, if you're, hello, 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 hey Daryl, could you do me a could you do me a it's favor? Not me. Could you do me a favor and hit your mute for just a second? Let me finish this story, as we're getting a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it wasn't me. Okay. Well, that was probably Chris. Whatever. Anyway, let me just finish this real quick, and I'll officially welcome you and everything. Um, so the uh, research book they had us use for legal research, which is quite good, was from a outfit called Nolo Press. You're familiar with them, aren't you, Chris? I'm sure you are, Daryl. Have you come across those guys? Absolutely. Uh, Nolo Press is, has an interesting origin. It's from the University of California at Berkeley. 
where you really wouldn't think some that kind of stuff would come out of because it's all self-help legal. It's N-O-L-A. N-O-L... It, NOLO? N-O-L-O. N-O-L-O. Press. You can just put it in a search engine. It'll come up. And the reason I'm plugging them is because they have great self-help legal books, self-help bankruptcy, self-help divorce, all that kind of stuff. So they got a number of those in there. One of their books in their uh, category is this one on legal research. And it's a big eight and a half by 11, like a regular sheet of paper book. And when you open it up, it's glossy cover. It's real nicely done. And when you open it up there on the front page is this. When I use a word, Humpty Dumpty said in a rather scornful tone, it means exactly what I say it means. No more, no less. The question is, ask Alice, how can you make a word mean so many different things? The question is, answered Humpty Dumpty, who is to be master? That's all. Now, that was on the front page as you open the cover of our legal research book from Nolo Press. That's where I found it. And uh, that, that statement from Humpty Dumpty in that setting, in that cartoon from 1951, and that story from so many decades earlier is very telling, isn't it, Daryl? Yeah, yes it is, and good morning to everybody out there in uh, cyber internet land, Chris, Roger. Uh, yeah, so I first used uh, NOLO Press um, 22 years ago to file contempt charges against uh, my ex-wife. Oh, <laughs> That's you. when I first used them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I won. So, um, anyway, uh, this, this whole, the way he started this out this morning was, uh, sort of a quinky dink on, uh, what I've been working on over the weekend. And, uh, so we have, so th there's, there's this word and you use it frequently, uh, Roger, and it's dialectics. And, uh, <clears throat> people, it's, it's a very powerful concept and and technique and strategy uh, most people would have a hard time defining it um, so if you don't know what it means really really know what it means look it up <laughs> the 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 shortcut to it is the opposite the inverse um, the reflection in the mirror all right, and so all reflections in the mirrors are backwards. And you could also say that the dialectic is the subversive. And the dialectic is used with words, which are an anagram for swords. Um, this all might seem like mumbo jumbo to a lot of people, but you know, if if you're going to cast a spell on somebody, what do you do it with? Words. Yep. yep. May I? May I remind so, you on the on yeah. the aforementioned uh, yeah. Alice in Wonderland theme? You know, the you can put this in your search engine. Also, it's quite quite illustrative of what we're talking about. 
And of course, we've dwelled on these subjects before, but this is real important stuff. This is basics. You know, we talk about blocking and tackling. This is blocking and tackling. And you go to a search engine, you put in Lady Rothschild's costume ball. Now, this happened hmm. back in the 70s. And a bunch of stories, several stories will come up, and it'll show you some pictures of the costumes and give you a little bit of the few of the guests, the high-profile guests that were invited to this confab. But in the first one of the stories, and in one of them, they actually show a picture of it, I noticed a while back when I was looking. And it says, Lady Rothschild was so clever, she wrote the invitations backwards so you'd have to look at them in a mirror to read them. You know, speaking of Daryl's observation about the word dialectic, I listen to them, and a lot of times I extract other meanings within the words, and I'm not convinced that the word dialectic doesn't mean that you were killed or you die by the election, the choice, the false choice, the false paradigm of the two choices posed as choices, which really lead to the same conclusion, the same outcome, which could also be called the duo-electric, the two choices. And I think that's closer to true than anything else. Well, it's based, of course, on the principle that everything in our world has an opposite. I mean, can you name one thing that does not have an opposite? Not that I can recall. Okay. I mean, everything's got an opposite, see? And they've taken that basic principle right there, infused the equivocation concept of confusing people with, uh, it just like it says in James 1.8, you know, uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, a double-minded man is uncertain in all of his ways. Now, notice it doesn't say part of his ways, and it doesn't say some of his ways. It says all of his ways, doesn't it, Dave? We had not heard from you since Old Blue was a pup. How you doing, son? Hey, Roger. Great, great to hear you. Doing well, thanks. Good. Yeah, where you been, man? Oh, you know, I've been here and there and everywhere, and I talked to Chris... Uh, uh, last week over the weekend and uh, we caught up a little bit and thought we had the same thought on Wednesday without speaking to each other that George Soros has to be a CIA asset in order for him to be getting away with all, all he's been getting away with you know who won the war the Nazis he's a Nazi <laughs> but uh, one of my other friends I just texted he said yeah, I'm listening to Roger Sales and I thought you know what? I gotta listen to Roger. I haven't heard him in a while. Well, Dave, we're sure glad to have you, man. I, I can honestly tell you we've missed you. I've thought about you a few well, times and wondered where you've been. Everything going all right with you, pretty much? It is, yes, sir. It's going well. Thanks. How you doing? How's how'd the move go? A move went good. Walking, you know, walking. My foot still gives me little problems. I'm I'm pretty excited about this financial stuff that's bubbling under this morning, and so uh, yeah, doing good. You know, be far better than most. So no complaints. Uh, yeah, I remember the your your accident, and uh, you know, have you hooked up with Jim? Are you able to? How's your finances? You got to really get on uh, Dr. Wallach's protocols because yeah, I'll tell you what, I had, you know falling down my basement stairs in 2012 and uh the doctor said i had an 80 percent chance he was going to have to amputate my foot um either during the surgery or within five years of the surgery 
because of that break was so bad. Anyway, um, I'm walking a 17-minute mile on my treadmill because of Dr. Wallach and his protocols. So yeah. you really need to look into that, brother. I had a little. Well, I know all about them. I just got to get all those situations where, you know, I've got the cash and somebody's coming. It it It's a couple. Of I different. hear you. I'll get that way. I, this morning's pretty uh, pretty uh, exciting to see what's going on because we've been waiting for it for a while. I'll get to it, Dave, and I need to get out and walk a little bit more. It hadn't even been a whole year since that happened yet. So uh, uh, anyway, thank you for asking, though. Um, I'm liking where I'm living, pretty secluded, kind of like you guys up in Michigan, and uh, it's got its yin and yang like everything else in life. Uh, but anyway, thanks for joining us. you got things to add in as we go forward. Feel free. Um, so we were talking about this dialectic uh, uh, idea and concept and the fact that it uh, uh, layered over with the concept of equivocation, uh, opposite definitions of words, is really the base of their deal, you know? Um, yeah. And, and as Roger. Yes, yes Daryl. Yes, please. Well, I... I uh... I, I, I'm glad you're jumping all over this word, and I, I wanted to sort of hash it a little bit so people could, you know, get a solid footing on what it is. Now let's go to the next level, okay? Now I've not heard anybody talk about this, right? So what's, what's become apparent, and, and the study of history has made this painfully apparent to me, is a concept or a, a phrase I haven't quite heard many people talk about. It's called the false dialectic. All right. And, and so you have to get your mind around the dialectic and then you have to go to the next step, the false dialectic. And that is, uh, what has really, uh, been weaponized and leveraged through, the PSYOPs, the MK Ultra, the media, the programming, the education is the false dialectic. And then once they get you, once they get you into the false dialectic, then you're, uh, you're completely, uh, vulnerable and, uh, you can't defend yourself at that point. And so let's talk about examples of a false dialectic. Now uh, these are they're they're, they're perpetual proposed and promoted as as opposites of each other, but they're not. And and so mm. do, do, you, do you have a do you have a sense where I'm going with this, Roger? Communism and socialism. How about how about communism and capitalism? Yeah, that too. False dialectic. Yes, yes, and those are totally okay. How about opposites. this one? Okay. They they are, but they aren't. Uh, on the surface, they are. On, on the surface, they are. Everything would on be. On the surface, they are. Everything would be what it is because everything would be what it isn't. And what okay. it is, so, it so would. Really, yeah. And what it is, yeah. it wouldn't be. Yeah. You see. Okay. Okay. Let's 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 continue. Let's continue. Very good. That's exactly. That's on spot. That is, that's where I'm going with this. So what's the next one? Uh, let's try, let's apply uh, Republican Democrat. Let's try that one on. That's the second one that came uh, to my mind. <laughs> okay. 
Um, how about this one? Let's try this one on. Let's try this one on. Neocon and liberal. Mm. All right. Neocon and liberal. All right. False dialectic. Here's a big one. Here's the one where people are going to bleed out of their ears and run out of their nose. Zionist and Nazi. Yeah. False dialectic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, unless you have to, now they're all real dialectics, okay? They absolutely are. And then there are the false ones that are absolutely uh, nuclear weapons on the psychology and perceptions of men. So, if we go into perception, and we've all heard this before, your perception is your reality, and I don't hold that against anybody. I don't hold anybody's reality. I, I mean, I accept and understand, have compassion and empathy, and, and all these other words uh, for somebody's perspective, because that's, that's their reality, and that's, that's the, na- that's the uh, nurture versus nature. That's, their, that's the nature that they've been put through, their parents, their society, their culture. I mean, listen, if you were born in Africa, or if you were born in, or if you were born in China, you would think the way the Chinese do. You would think the way the Africa, you know, it, a part of it has to do with the lottery of where, where the heck you were born at. Okay, so I get it, all right? And I, I don't demonize these people or, or hold a grudge against or superior-inferior relationship because of where somebody was born. Because that's their that's their perspective. So, uh, having said all that, the challenge for people that live here and were born here is if reality doesn't match up the reality of things, the, what what's empirically can be measured, quantified, observed, and repeated is contradictory, then you need to change your perspective. And and so. So you can't change your reality because your reality is in contradiction. This leads to cognitive dissonance. This is where people walk around holding mutually exclusive ideas uh, uh, at the same time. And, and since that, that can't be functional and viable, they emotionally, spiritually, and intellectually shut down. Okay, that is, that is the false dialectic is that's the cause. I mean, that's the purpose of the false dialectic in people's that is being generated in, with intent on purpose to cause cognitive dissonance in your minds generationally, so you will be ineffective and shut down to no effect. This is what this is what uh, Rush Limbaugh does. He causes cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is what Rachel Maddow does. She here, here's another false dialectic. Rush Limbaugh, Rachel Maddow. Is that That's Rachel? A false is it Rachel? Okay. Is it Rachel Maddow or Richie Maddow? <laughs> I, I think it's. I think it might be Richie Maddow. But uh, <laughs> the, the if I may, see, this, man, I, I'm trying man to man cow. Yeah. man cow, whatever. Man cow. So I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to run I'm trying to run this out for people. To, to expand their thinking and not just stop at the word. This is how this has affected you. This is why people 
are ineffective. This is why people, even that are listening to this and hear this message, are ineffective because they can't activate to the next step because they're still living in a state of cognitive dissonance. Correct. And and this is what this is this is what Edward Bernays and the rest of these these uh, these jokers understood. They understand it so much better, and they've weaponized it. Yeah, they sure. So have. Uh, you. you 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 have to even even I okay I'm saying I this is uh, I was looking at my own contradictions okay just in the last uh, three four months I'm going well I still have these contradictions why am I still going why am I still going off in these rabbit trails uh, and, and so I had to start breaking this down and and this is what I'm coming up with is is the false dialectic and. And, and so the point being is that you can get to the point where you think you know something and you're still getting old. That's correct. All right. That's and correct. I say that about us. I say that about me. I say that about all of us is that at the point where you think you've got this figured out, that's when you're in real trouble. Well, I, you know, all right? when you really think you've got it, got it dialed in. You're in trouble. Yeah, don't don't think that. As I, I, it's a continuous process, and I believe it'll last all the rest of all of our lives because I've been in it almost thirty yeah. years, and I'm still coming on stuff that I didn't understand. So Daryl's point is well made. Uh, Bob joined us, but Bob, before I turn it over to you. I got something particularly for Daryl that I particularly wanted to talk about today and probably would have missed had you not come up with this with your information and, and your point of view there. And it's particularly poignant to you and to what we do here. And it's a cartoon. And I found it last night. And the title of the cartoon was Carpool Lane. Carpool lane and it's got a cop and this is a drawing it's got a cop of a gal little bimbo blonde in a red car and the cop uh, with his bulbous chin is there writing her ticket on the side of the road okay and the caption for the cartoon is the cartoon and it said it's from her it says officer in this state a fertilized embryo is a person so I'm allowed to drive in the carpool lane. In what state of the United States is a fertilized embryo considered a person? None of them. Okay. Hey, Bob, how you doing? I'm doing well. I just wanted to enter a a uh, selection in the sweepstakes for best dialectic name. <laughs> yes, sir. And that would be one we've, one we've been familiar with now for about 19 years, 18 years, the Patriot Act. Oh, boy, there's a good one. Now, you know, this Boy, is a way we're, we're all, we're, we've got some new folks that have joined us. We had that little touched on the discussion last week with Samuel, and he said, I'm trying to explain this to people, and all I get is this, you're crazy. Well, these are the building blocks that you lead up to those things, and the one that you 
proffered here, Bob, is probably the, the best one out there, really, because everybody relates to it, and people all remember 9-11. The Patriot Act is obviously the uh, Unpatriot Act. When, when George Bush Jr. there, W, got up in front of everybody in the world up there in New York and said, you know, the terrorists hate your freedoms. He wasn't lying. Yeah. <laughs> the terror. Depending on who he's speaking to, yeah. The terrorists hate your freedoms. What few you've got left, I might add. Which is right. exactly none, except to breathe. That you've still got the the right to exhale and inhale without getting a license, a permit, or permission. But if they have their way, that won't be for long. Not for long. Well, let's, hey, Roger. Yes. Take it. I mean, round that. I mean, that's a beautiful example. Let's round that. Let's round the corner on that. The terrorists hate your freedoms. They, he's counting on the fact that you don't know who the terrorists are. Exactly. So who's the terrorists? Sure, them. He is. Of course. He is. They're it's, the terrorists. It's just, look All right. At, so here, here's, yeah. No, here's, here's the next one. Okay, let's expand on that. So we have a war on terror, right? They say we have a, I'm sorry, I'm talking too loud. We have a war on terror. Okay? It's not a war on terror. It's a war of terror. They want a war of terror. The, the war on terror isn't a war on terror itself. It's a war of terror. And it. this is, um, Could we- I, I, I mean, I... I just can't. This is just so important. <laughs> could we could we start capitalizing the T in terrorist to designate them? How about when Lloyd Blank find this is one of the better ones, Bob? And I've no, I don't think I've ever heard hardly anybody talk about it. When Lloyd Blank find, who was then the head of Goldman Sachs, uh, and he got up and after the 2008 housing debacle and, and told the world they were doing God's work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know that. Well, go ahead and finish that for new listeners. Well, no, I did. Well, I mean, Lloyd Blankfein got up in front of the world after they stole all these people's homes through all this chicanery and fraud and, and outright theft and told the world they were doing God's work. But when you saw that repeated in any headline at the time, it was always a capital G. Sure. Yep. That would be an equivocation. Well, you know, this thing about the terrorists hate your freedom, that can be taken two ways. The terrorists that he wanted us to think about, of course, being somebody way far away that believes something different, those terrorists probably do hate the freedom of the people that actually have it, which is the nth of a percent, the actual, you know, nationals, et cetera. That's true, but no, nobody thought that. That's an equivocation. And, of course, the real terrorists, the men in black suits that go around and make rules for everybody else but not themselves, uh, they, of course, are terrorizing the sheep. Well, And 
nobody realizes they're sheep. So, you know, it's so funny because neither one works in the real world because nobody understands it, well, except for a few percent. If, if they'd go to the English Oxford Dictionary, they'd understand it a little bit better because if you go to the finest dictionary in the world and look up the word terrorism, the very first definition is intimidation by government. Yep, they changed it. Oh, have they changed they that? They changed it, Roger. Very, very Did much. they? <laughs> they changed it. Yeah, I looked it up. They changed it. They it. Very it. <laughs> well, I promise you, that's what it used to say. Okay. And yeah, they probably that's why you shifted. buy books. That's why, that's why they, you buy books. they shifted it down to the second or third. I mean, they couldn't have done away with the definition in the litany of of the choices you've got. They probably just shifted it down further. But that was number one for most of the time the English Oxford Dictionary's been in publication. Uh, it's not like I carry one around with me. Hell, it's 13 volumes. Now, listen, if you guys ever stumble on this, Daryl, you being a bookworm, there is a condensed version of the, Eng of the Oxford English Dictionary. I had one of those. I found it in a pawn shop for 25 bucks one time. And it's 13 yeah. volumes condensed down into two, and it's the exact same publication, except they give you this electron microscope with it so you can read it and I was always shocked at how the hell they got that printing that small and that fine okay but you can maybe find one of those yeah. around if you're prowling around you or Jimmy Jimmy's always prowling around in those bookstores yeah well you know I for all the myself. all the people go ahead Bob I, I, Bob? Could, kick my, I could kick myself I found a two volume dictionary set this has been year, 20 years ago when the Internet was getting its start, you know. And I just looked at it and thought about it. I was traveling at the time, and I really didn't want to burden myself, so to speak, with, you know, a couple of weighty tomes. And I mentioned it to my brother-in-law who was traveling with me, and he said, I ah, don't bother. He said, you know, they're going to be obsolete in a few years. The Internet's taken over, and I, I did. You know, I, I believed it. And now I could just kick myself because... Even if they weren't perfect, they were old. You could tell just by the 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 font, and you know they were and the, well worn. I don't remember the copyright, but you know they were probably back in the twenties or thirties. They were like twenty bucks for a couple of them, and I just I should, I kick myself when I think about the fact that I passed on them. Yep. Anyway, I understand yeah. that. Darrell, well, you were going to say something. Go ahead, buddy. If you're looking for fine print, if you're looking for fine print. Uh, Everybody in the audience, if you haven't done this, uh, go grab a go grab a $3 mic, uh, magnifying glass from uh, Walgreens or someplace and, and look at where you sign your check. Okay, huh. You want to see small print? You think you think that's Ooh. a line where you're signing your check? It's not. You're supposed okay? to. <laughs> it's the fine print. Read the fine print. I'm not even going to tell you what's on it. You've been signing a I check think. and think you were signing your name. And your whole life, I'm telling you, you're incompetent to even write a check because you don't know now, what you're doing. Hold it, Daryl. Now, you tell okay, me. that's this, how. This is the first time I've heard this. Hold on. i got to stop you. If you take a fine magnifying yeah. glass and look at a printed check that your bank sends you to negotiate with, that is yep. not yep. a line. That is uh, rules and regulations. That. You will see, you will see when you read that that line, 
you will see that you're not signing a line. You are signing a uh, the fine print, the terms and agreements. Well, I know if you go into the bank and you uh, go into a bank to open up an account, and they have you all they bring out is that little index card, usually, right? And so if if you sign that index card, it's got like a recognizance. It's almost like a statute staple. It's got a recognizance in it on that card somewhere that refers to all the banking regulations. So you ask them, could you please bring out all the regulations that this refers to? Hell, they'll bring you two or three wheelbarrow loads full of stuff. Yeah. Well, I, listen, this is, this is just part of, part of the deception. Uh, I like to use this example on people's checks, and then I, I like to I like to give them a, a sort of a mental noogie, and and you know uh, like um, you know I, I sort of like to do I'm a guy I like the roughhouse, and and uh, so you know I, I point out to them that just you're incompetent you it's not that you're stupid it's not that it's not that you're you know a a moron or anything. You, you're just not confident because you haven't, you you, you don't know all the terms. You, you're you're not, uh, you're a goy, <laughs> and 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 they put it right in front of you. And uh, I, I mean, I like to show people in their 60s and 70s this, and and they just they just look at me and with a very puzzled look on their face. So uh, this is part of another dialectic. <laughs> it looks like a line, but it's it's not. It looks like a line, but it's not. Okay, so so you have to understand this. You have you have psychological dialectics that you're running on yourself all the time. You look at things all the time and you don't see them. You hear things all the time, but you don't listen. You think about things all the time that you don't understand. All right, and this is uh, and then be, because you don't want to live in that state of of ambiguity, you make assumptions. And, and, uh, so, uh, you know, uh, this is how it works. This is how it works. And, and, uh, as, as an educator and an instructor, um, I used to do these sort of things, not to people's disadvantage, but to help them learn, uh, the reality, you know, to, to get them to, to leverage it, to take, to take the, the, um, the frailties and the, the, uh, the problems with people's perception and learning, understanding those and short circuiting those problems or getting them past it so that they would actually identify, uh, what I was actually trying to teach them. Uh, it's particularly important in an airplane. And, uh, so I was always using these uh, very well understood principles about learning and psychology and perception, not to people's disadvantage, but, but to help them. So uh, on the other side of this, these things have been weaponized against you. So if, if you're watching TV, you should stop. Yeah, amen. I mean, right now, you should stop. You, you should you should absolutely stop watching TV and probably even listening to the radio, okay? Not not the not the internet radio, but the radio. You should stop. You probably shouldn't even be going to movies. 
entertainment movies. You probably shouldn't be doing that because you're being hurt. No. And and they do this they do this with letters. Let me give you, let me give you another example of of the false dialectic. Abortion, which is one of my hot topics. Abortion. It, it's an unwanted pregnancy. No. This isn't an unwanted pregnancy. It's an unwanted ethnicity. Uh, it's, it's, it's genocide. Uh, here, here's another one. Here's another one. I mean, these are a little more sophisticated. So what, what kind of, here's a question. What kind of, what kind of truth requires that you be federally imprisoned? <laughs> I, I mean, this is where we're at people. Okay. So, uh, if, if, if you speak the truth, you're going to be federally imprisoned, all right? And 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 they're they're rolling these laws out. So if you, if people aren't going to stand up to the BDS laws, okay, then then you you deserve. I mean, 17 states have already passed laws where you can't criticize uh, Israel. And the next thing will be Zionism. Okay, they're you won't be able that. to criticize it. You they're... won't be able to get. That has already right. been set yeah, up. It's I, coming. I saw the creep. It's coming. I saw yeah. the creep in a video the other day that has been named to the new position at the at the Department of State, and I remember reading about this. I think sometime back when they were proposing it, but they went ahead and did it, and he is now in the office of anti-Semitism. And he was up there, and his yeah. statement, oh, yeah. his yeah. statement, his statement was, "If you if you criticize Zionism, you're really anti-Semitic," and that's the next thing they're yeah. trying to get that equivocation, yeah. which we're using against them. They're trying to get that collapsed and out of the way. In other words, for the audience, yeah. and, 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 if there's anybody new that's listening, let me explain that. Their equivocation is. Zionism on one side and Judaism on the other, okay? And we can go in and utilize those things because we can criticize the Zionists and not and separate it, a line of demarcation away from things like Neutra Carta and Jews against Zionism. And they can't stand it because it's got them isolated and identified. And they're trying to go back and collapse these two where now the tens of thousands of Orthodox Jews in the boroughs of Brooklyn and all up there in New York with the largest Hasidic population in the world are now all anti-Semitic. Well, the irony is that the word so, Jew is somewhat of a equivocation too compared to a true Israelite. Well, so, uh, you know, so it just gets deeper and deeper. Bob, you know that the word J wasn't even in the in the vocabulary in the alphabet until the eleven. The letter, yes, yeah, correct. Okay, yeah. it yeah. used to be a Y. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, right. and it's uh, uh, listen. I mean, it's the the biggest problem the world has is the Jewish problem, the Zionist Jew Sabbath. Right, yeah. where, where did you see that? Yeah. Where did you see that clip? Uh, on some video was here it on over True the. True News, or where did it, you find it? I'm not sure. I, I was watching. It may have been on True News. I was watching, but it was just something, and they just alluded to it, and then dropped that little clip of him into the video. And I watched so darn many, Bob. I can't think of yeah. which one it is, I but if I can differentiate it, I'll well, shoot it to you. So, so Roger, well, I know I here's, here's 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 where this about had a stroke. 
Here's where this dialectic's going to go, uh, the false dialectics. If people do not actually start to become functional in real time of understanding these things, the next thing that's going to happen is they're going to be able to get an Ivanka or a Jared Kushner to be your next president. Okay. If you don't get this, you're going to, you're going to come under complete and total domination of Zionist rule. All right. Zionist rule. And if you don't like how, if you don't like how the Palestinians are being treated, then you better wise up right now. You better get, you, you you better, you you better get sharp. And, uh, so, you know, Daryl, (laughs) <laughs> I've been saying, I've been saying yeah. for years, and you old-time listeners probably can remember. I've said it in a while, but if you want to see the future of your plans that they've got for you, look no further than Gaza. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, why, why wouldn't? I mean, sure, the United States, the United States, uh, that that uh, that commercial, that commercial entity up there called the United States. It's a commercial entity, for Pete's sake. Uh, Sure, it's uh, it's buddies with Israel. I mean, where do you think Israel got the idea of having uh, concentration camps? Okay, how about you, you ever seen you ever seen what the Indians went through in the 1850s and 70s and 80s? You know that where do they get the idea? Uh, you, you know, um, so I, I mean, actually, the very first concentration camps were used on the Boers in the Boer Wars of South Africa. And they were British constructs. The British were the very first ones to use uh, concentration camps where they imprisoned and murdered and killed and starved and tortured uh, women and children. Okay, so so where does Zionism spring out of? Well, it, it springs out of out of Britain, uh, not the British people per se, but it, it springs out of a a group of uh, lords of parliamentarians. And uh, and business people associated with what used to be the East India, British East India Company. So that's that's really where this all comes from. Uh, you know. So here's a here's a dialectic that I want to draw out. You know. I, I mean. I mean. This is. I, I want to use the. Uh, I want to use the really uh, harsh ones here. Okay. So. Uh, you know, we have the uh, the so-called uh, holohoax where we had the 6 million Jews that were killed in Germany, okay? Well, the census shows there wasn't even that many Jews there, <laughs> okay? And, and, and the working numbers are there was probably about 600,000 of them that died in work camps. And the census, the, the, censor, the census after World War II showed that there was missing about a half a million Jews after World War II as to what was there before World War II. Okay, so here's the point. Uh, You've been guilted and led down the path where you can't criticize these people or anything that they do at any point in the future, past, present, or future, and it's based upon that guilt, and it's it's a false dialectic. Here's the truth. Zionism doesn't care how many Jews died in World War II. They don't care. As a matter of fact, they supported it and promoted it. More the better. They to helped. They helped. They, they helped with with that oh, because so they, they would yeah. take the when they were going to try and call out the ones that they were going to send down to Israel to make sure that they were psychologically fit. 
they would go in and pull them out of the concentration camp and send them through a week-long interview or schooling. And only if they passed that were they allowed to go to Israel. Otherwise, they were sent back into the camp. Yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, uh, there's, there's plenty of evidence here to, to show that Zionism and Nazism come from the same uh, tree. They, they come from the same root. And they're a false dialectic, okay? That's why I say Zionism and Nazism are the false dialectic. They're not the opposite, all right? They, they appear to be the opposite, and this is why there's so many contradictions and why you can't, get, you yeah. can't make any traction. You can't get yep. your head around it. You can't move forward on it. Uh, here is, I made a list, okay? So if this gets to be too much, Roger, just jump in and cut me off, okay? Uh, here, is, here is Zionism's tactics. Closing your mind, closing your mind to defense. They use logical fallacies, semantics, terms versus words, legalism, secularism, law of the city, self-hating whites, misdefined, redefined, Christians, guilt, immorality, feminism, terror, revolution, emotion, Schofield, Darby, destroy voluntary contract, free will, choice, association, disassociation, philosophy, racism, equality, diversity, circumcision, ouch, dialectic of semantics, equivocation, complation, confluence, litigation, instigation, infiltration, ethos, eros, pornography, masturbation, infra, uh, infidelity, authority, misanthropy, philanthropy, sophistry, entertainment, entrainment, containment, explainment, derangement. This is, this is the world we live in. This is what they do, okay, uh, and 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 this is why this is why we're what? Go ahead. I could sum up all of those with one one word: intimidation. Go ahead, Chris. I was just going to point out that if we use a little bit of uh, critical thinking and maybe a little artistic license, if you look like look at the words Zion and Nazi. If they change the A in Nazi to O, then those would be, Nazi would be an anagrammatic, nosy as a case may be, would be an anagrammatic respell of Zion. So it's the same thing in two different words. Well, you take this dialectic thing that you're talking about and the new layer of the false dialectic, let's analyze it just on one point you made earlier, which is capitalism and communism. And of course, I've had, the, you know, listen, I've had this, discussion with people since I've been down here. Oh, it's capitalism, it's capitalism. And this place down here, the whole continent, is predisposed to think that way, okay? Uh, and so, but you try and sit down and tell them, but that's not the whole story because you're not dealing with capitalism, all right? You're dealing with a faux capitalism because it's not based on real money and it's not dealing with real free markets. So that word as people perceive it, is not correct at all. And there's your false dialectic. And over under communism, you Bingo. can probably do aside a, 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 a little drop down and say socialism. Because all a socialist, I think you I'm... know, is, what is it? A, a socialist is a communist that's not in a hurry. What, Chris? <laughs> I, I was going to say, I think I listened to John Barber the real people producer, a really interesting individual. Yeah. He's got a book yeah, called he is. Uh, your, And Your Mother Was Not a Virgin. Um, 
and he was a really mover shaker. He also did the Jim Garrison tapes and some other things that are really uh, deep journalistic investigative work. But he was commenting, I think he is the one that I heard this weekend say that capitalism is basically corporate predatory behavior where they rob, rape, and pillage the people, plunder them to absolute destruction. Sure. And that's what it is. When you look at the word term capitalism, capital is head. It's headhunterism. That's what it is. They prey on people. Yep. Yep. And, you know, this was when I first got into this years ago. I used, well, why do they want to take over governments? You know, I mean, I was real green and, and totally naive, like so many people that we're trying to get to now. And uh, it was in that book. You'll remember that book, Chris, because I think you've been around long enough. Daryl, if you ever see a copy of this floating around, grab it. Goodbye, April 15th by Boston Tea Party. Okay, excellent. There's John kicking in. I'll bet he knows about that book. Uh, and uh, that's a very, uh, okay, okay, we'll bring you in. Um, that's a very, very good book, and it answered that question for me uh, in my earliest days, because why do they take over governments? So they can monopolize everything. Monopoly's the name of their game, okay? Let's see, I think I got John keyed in here. I do. Let's see if we can add him in. And with, by taking over the government and imposing and instilling the uh, the administrative state, now they can write regulations for everyone who's a person, uh, who's a resident, and then they can punish their competitors and turn their backs on their own. In other words, all the Dow Chemical Company and all those people in Monsanto, they just dump the hell out of those toxic chemicals right in the water. But if you're a competitor to them and you do it, you, you know the funniest thing, the EPA is going to come visit you. Hey, John, how you doing, man? Hey, we're doing really good. You got Kathy Hanging in there, on? enjoying the show. You got Miss Kathy on with you there yesterday's Mama's Day, girl? Is she showing on the... Uh... I don't see her. I okay. see you. Okay, add her. Give her a call. Oh, you want me to bring her in? Yeah, go ahead. Well, let me see if I've got her in the database here. I may not. Okay, well, I'll bring I always her in. have her. You know, I usually always have her. Uh, hey, yeah, hold it. Well, I think that's her. Yeah, she's in there. You want me to bring her in separate or you want to? No, go ahead and bring her in if you okay, can. Okay, all right. Well, I'll go and mess with this while we're killing a little time. Uh, how... Uh, how nice today, John, to have you on, A, and to have you on when Bitcoin's uh, approaching $8,000 this morning. Yeah, isn't it something? <laughs> it's great to see it finally turning around a little bit. It is. We've been waiting for it for some time. Is that the lovely but Kathy? You know, Did we, I think we got her is. in there. Good morning. Hey, how you doing, girl? We got both of you on separate instead of daisy chain. Okay, good deal. Did you have a nice Mama's Day yesterday, Kath? Yes, I did. Thank you. You sent me a picture. Of your nice little, was that your grand, your new grandson that you sent me a picture of? Yeah. Uh -huh. Little elf on itself. Yeah. I know. I love that statement. That's so cute. <laughs> he is one. He is one attractive baby. He is just so cute. Even from the moment he came out, man, he was crazy. Well, he's just uh, good. He doesn't cry and scream like little babies do, so that makes it even better. Yeah, that's good. 
Well, uh, yeah. he's got something to he's got something to scream about. I don't know about crying, but Grandma's uh, Bitcoin collection oh, yeah. is going up in yeah. value here as of late. You know, I was thinking you had a couple of weeks we didn't get you at all, John. You had something right. to do Correct. there on Mondays, and uh, uh, it wasn't too long back that Bitcoin was languishing for quite some time, down around three thousand thirty five hundred dollars. It got down close to three thousand, didn't it? Thirty-one twenty-two was the low point. Uh huh. Yeah. Seventy-eight oh four. I'm showing right now. Yep. So. Uh, it's amazing. Very exciting week. Well, we've been waiting for this week for a long time. The listeners that are regular know that I've been saying which week is it. You know, for the last month or so, which week's it going to be? And it appears it may be today. Not only is it Monday, but it's Monday the thirteenth. Okay. <laughs> and we're going to have a real brisk week this week because all these factors that are affecting this are tightening up. Baby, we're going to do the, what was the old song? We're going to do the tighten up. We're going to do the tighten up right here, baby. <laughs> it's been interesting to say the least. Uh, there's no doubt that uh, Bitcoin is the dominant coin. Uh, and you saw a divergence there for a while. People were rushing to Bitcoin very quickly and the altcoins are fading very rapidly. The graphs were completely divergent. And that's what we're eventually going to see anyway. But in the meantime, people are still playing with all these different altcoins. And uh, the long-term case is in for us. The, the thing that I'm trying, still trying to get across to people, well, let me put it this way. Fellow came up to church, and, and I've been talking to him for some time, and he keeps saying he wants to get in, he's going to get in. I just leave him alone anymore. You know, I just, if they don't start responding right away, I just get away from them. Because, you know, if you keep bugging somebody all the time, you're chasing them, right? Yep. I mean, it's, I don't need to do that. No. So he, he waited all, almost all the whole meeting after, you know, because we had a Mama's Day thing over there. Somebody decided they were going to do a little barbecue thing. So, um, he finally signed it up to me, and he pulled his phone out. <laughs> looked at it. It says, "He says I've been uh, I've been watching the Bitcoin here. Uh, hey, did you know that it was going up?" I says, "Yeah, I've been telling you to get in. I told you when the low point was, and I told you to buy some Bitcoin if nothing else." He says, "Well, I'm thinking about it." <laughs> He's still not pulling the trigger. It's amazing to me the the. Um, Cognitive dissonance that's going on in people's heads. Well, that's what I mean. Been, they, they'll I, run out and they'll buy. What we've been talking about the whole first hour, John. I hope you and Kathy heard part of that program because no, it's on. Unfortunately, not. Well, we've been talking about dialectics and its effect, and Daryl brought up false dialectics and all these different layers of deceit and confusion. And it's damn well easy to understand why people don't have any idea what the hell's going on. Well. I can see that from the current uh, state of what's going on in, uh, in terms of Antifa's aggressiveness and nobody doing anything about it and um, the, the stock market bullshit that's flying around all over the place. And, well, but for Bitcoin, to, to it's been a that, steady progression to, for 10 years. Let it, me peg that for you. The stock market's down 638 points. It opened 550 down this morning, and it, they pulled it back up a little in the first hour, and now it looks like they've lost control again. So we'll follow this through the rest of the day, obviously, because it probably will set the tone for this week. I would think so. But I, I don't have any objection to what Trump is doing. I mean, uh, they want to get 
it more cost effective to take away business out of China and move it to other countries, and the, the tariffs do that. I've been uh, objecting since the Clinton days to all of the stuff they've been giving China. They, the whole government oh, yeah. created this mess. Uh, not only our military technology to even give them the, even the chance. They couldn't even launch a missile and hit a target. No. Didn't matter what target. They no, couldn't hit anything. And they can't replace any of the any of the boards and stuff for the most part if some of those things go out. Do you know, you mentioned Clinton and that those whole days of NAFTA and all that. Do you know in those days when they were, they would do is they, they'd take uh, 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 some some real technical people from the country that they were going to ship the corporation to and they'd bring them into the U.S. under these HB1 visas and they'd have them sit there with a worker and learn their job. Okay, and the Absolutely. workers were actually training those guys, and then they'd go exactly. back to the country and they'd move the corporation, the whole company over there, whether it's tool making or any of those critical elements, right? Well, I'm not finished yet. I'm just leading up to see everybody gets to that point of remembering and understanding. When they shipped the corporation over to the foreign country, they counted it as an export. Well, if you're talking China, they also had to share the technology. Oh, they did all that, but what I'm saying is they actually took the hard equipment, manufacturing equipment, and counted it as an export when they were sending it to another damn country. I see. Okay. It was counted as an export value. That always rubbed me wrong, man. Well, all of it was wrong. <laughs> There's no, I don't see anything that they did there. I've always said we have always created our own enemy. Yep. You have the people in this country that funded the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia. You, you, I mean, Trotsky's ba the bag man, you know, and, and all of these people that were on their way. If you, you just look at the Russian Revolution, you see exactly what's going on today. Yep. It's exact. It's yep. the same damn thing. It's, it's more uh, it's a little more subtle. What they're doing is, you know, Stalin, the reason Stalin evicted Trotsky is because Trotsky was an international uh, communist radical. Right. And Stalin was a domestic communist radical. All right. And so mm -hmm. when they when when they had their head button time and and Trotsky got kicked out of the country, where the hell did he go? We went to New York. <laughs> but yeah. that's still over the history of the Cold War. It still didn't stop this country from bailing them out on a regular basis. Oh no! To keep We're right there the whole time. Yeah, I know. And then China—that's the false dialectic. Yep, there you go. <laughs> yeah, the false dialectic. And what was the only American hey, uh, company hey, uh, that wasn't? What was the only American company that wasn't closed in Russia in those years? Chase Manhattan Bank. Go ahead, Daryl. Well, well um. Yeah, uh, uh, John brings up a John brings up a really good point. Uh, if you, because uh, we brought it up earlier, and it ties in uh, with Trotsky. Well, who was William? Who is William Crystal, and who was his dad? Okay, Bill Crystal, and 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 Bill Crystal's dad was a a self-admitted car-carrying Trotskyite. Yep. Okay, and so Bill Crystal and the the Weekly Standard. The oh, that's a Republican conservative publication, right? Well, yeah. Bill Crystal, <laughs> Bill Crystal, and the rest of them 
Bill Crystal and the rest of them are Zionist neocons, communist international, globalists. Okay? Exactly. There's your false dialectic. You believe that they're conservative Republicans, and actually they're communist international, Trotskyite, uh, going forward. And, and so who's running Trump's administration right now? John Bolton, Pullman. Uh, okay, so here, here's your false dialectic. Oh, we have a conservative Republican administrative government in right now. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't. Oh, no, you, you knew. So, you knew it, this was the case because before Trump ever got in, because Trump, you cannot be a real estate mogul in New York without being in with the tribe. Period. Right. You can't function. Right. The second thing is, is that. The kids are married to Zionists. Not only Zionists, they're married to Lubavitchers. Well, yeah, they're, they're Talmudic Kabbalists, right? Yeah. <laughs> Zohar I mean, the Kushners the are thing. They're, yeah. they're total <laughs> Lubavitchers from the start, man. Netanyahu, when he goes to New York, occasionally used to stay sleep in Jared's bedroom. Yeah. Well, you, you it, know what? It's, it's a, yeah, heads I win, tells you lose. Yep. Heads right. I win, tells you lose. Yep, that's and then you have Trump absolutely standing up and getting people to cheer. <laughs> we want RFID chips in the air, in the sea, and in the land. And these people are cheering for their own enslavement right there. <laughs> uh, I, if it wasn't so sad, I, I mean, I want to laugh, but I, I'm, in, I'm in a canoe. I'm in a canoe with a bunch of people, and they've all got drills in their hands, drilling holes in the canoe. You know, I'm just I, I <laughs> come out. <laughs> anyway. Come out of her, my people. Come out exactly. of her. That is the exact answer. Is everybody has got to start moving out of them, out of that system. And, uh, you don't have to be there. You're there voluntarily. You don't know it. You don't understand it. But that's the condition you're in, and you can volunteer out in a snap second. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, they're scared to do anything, and uh, so we have to at least take care of ourselves and get on uh, the move Amen, on. Amen, brother. And uh, we need to be arming. You know, Daryl, you were able to actually purchase arms uh, without going through the paperwork process, right? Oh, well, um, no, you still have to do a background, uh, but you don't, you don't have John. to identify as a uh, U.S. citizen subject. Well, John, you well, could have circumvented this whole thing if you'd have been a little quicker and gone over there to, next to the Playboy Mansion and bought some of them thousands of firearms they found. That guy was selling. <laughs> that would have been nice. <laughs> that was a, quite a but, collection, collection of arms now. There's plenty of them around. I don't know. Did you nice see those problem. videos well, of what they confiscated out there? Or am I, did, it, no. did you guys miss that? Well, you would, your mouth would have dropped, I promise you. I don't think so. Thousands, um, John. It looked like you an brought arsenal. Up yeah. Well, yes, but I've seen arsenals, buddy. Come on. It's no big deal to me. Well, it was a big deal to the FBI yeah. agents that raided it because they said they'd never seen anything like it. Go ahead, Daryl. Well, you brought up Playboy. So this is what I love about these these conversations is you can say a word and it'll it'll drag up information in my brain. Yeah. So you said Playboy. 
You said Playboy. So no, remember, said, when, when, remember when uh, he... I said Playboy well, Mansion. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, Playboy Mansion. So remember when, you know, because we're all old enough. Remember when Hugh Hefner, Hugh Hefner gets in trouble in the... Uh, was it uh, the 80s with money and all this other sort of stuff? Uh, he's, they're, they're, they're going into bankruptcy and there's all kinds of problems, right? Yeah. Well, guess, um, uh, because of my aviation background and the fact that that the uh, the Playboy Bunny Mansion, there was uh, up in Lake Geneva in Wisconsin, and which is just basically the suburbs of Chicago over the Wisconsin border, and they keep the Playboy Bunny Jet up there, which is 727. Well, that that aircraft actually runs off the runway up there one day. Okay, they overrun the runway. Well, here's the interesting thing about the Playboy Bunny Jet, the 727, the black bunny jet with the bunny on the side of it. Guess who? Guess who it was registered to? CIA. <laughs> C. C. Bunny Jet, Bunny Jet is registered CIA, and it has flight plans and itineraries going to uh, Area 51, Los Alamos, and all the government uh, deep think places. And that jet is not only hauling hauling honey pots around, but it's also hauling paperclip paperclip uh, scientists into all the skunk works all around the country. Uh, and, and there's a record of it. So here again, more dialectic, uh, playboy, pornography, uh, Larry Flynn. This is all, this is all a construct. This didn't happen organically. Oh, this, no, 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 no. This, this, Kinsey, yeah. Kinsey didn't happen yeah. organically either. He was funded by the Rockefellers. No. No, no, no. It did, none of this happened organically. This wasn't just a bunch of random series of unintended consequences coming out. This is, this was a, uh, this is what you know when you start an avalanche. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's going to well, go downhill. Yeah. You know, it's going to go downhill. Dr. Judith Reisman wrote the book called Kimsey Crimes and Consequences, in which she fully documented uh, all the crimes that uh, Kinsey was committing. Uh, against uh, babies, children, to get his data and how he got his data. She's been amazing in terms of what she's disclosed to, to people about what's been going on. So you have you have them also funding the um, Playboy operation and the studies. You also have them funding then Ms. Magazine, right, the opposite side. Right. So it, And then you have all of the people that were coming out of Laurel Canyon with the music and the rock music. Uh, all of those guys, most of those guys were children of uh, military officers and, and uh, you know, high ups in the CIA and stuff like that. Um, Bingo. That's, that's been fully Bingo. documented. Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Jan Irvin and his channel, Gnostic Media, has been documenting this for some time. Uh, really digging into the, the research and the people and their backgrounds, and it's quite a sight. It, he charges for access to some of the stuff, but, you know, he's the guy that, that inter- interviewed uh, General Stubblebine. Stubblebine oh, was yeah. the Army uh, general that mm-hmm. was in charge of uh, all of the intelligence going on. Right. 
And I, I'm watching that interview with him, and Stubblebine is the old guy. And, of course, his wife is well, – her, her name is Lima, I think. She's uh, a doctor, a uh, naturopathic doctor of some sort. Anyway, it's, it's Rima Libo. There you go. There you go. Thanks. Uh, anyway, Stubblebine – he's Rihanna's asking Stubblebine point blank. He says, weren't you aware of all this stuff that was going on underneath you? And he says, you know, I was a soldier. He says, I – I had my head down. I, I just did my job, and I wasn't really paying that much attention. And he and Yana says, well, what, what do you say now? And he said, wake up, wake up, wake up. People have got no. to wake up and find out what was really going on. And he he literally apologized for for this stuff happening on his watch. But he died now. Stubblebine was one of the ones that were the writers of the script that became Men Who Stare at Goats, which is the 10th Psychological Operations Division of uh, Keno and Paul A. Bilali, the Church of Satan, and later the Church of Set of Anton LaVey's Church of Satan, and the um, Presidio child sex abuse cases, along with other Diabolica. Incredible. Well, the good news, now, you know, we paint a lot of bad stuff on here and pick this stuff up and analyze it and see how most of the people are falling for it. But the good news is you don't have to be a part of that. You do not have to be a part of it if you do not want to be. Okay? The choice is yours. Just like all these other choices, they're all yours. And let me go back and quote uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. What's-Her-Name. We're all where we are because of choices we have made. We're all, A-L-L, where we are because of choices we've made. So if you don't like where you are, go back and analyze the choices that got you there and try and play dialectic with those choices and see if you can't get your butt out of that condition. Because you got the opportunity. It's not that the opportunity doesn't exist. The opportunity exists for everybody that's hearing these words to come out of there and turn their lives around. It's not going to happen overnight, but those opportunities, those paths, and those levers exist. Go ahead, John. Well, I, I don't have anything to say. I mean, that's exactly the the, the situation. Uh, we're we're really still stuck in the Nazi era. I'm tired of hearing about how bad the damn Nazis were. Um, when these guys were just fighting off all the Zionist cabal and the, the entire world, um, the lies and the this, this stuff that's been coming out about the, that whole World War II, World War One's operation, Germany's still paying for for uh, oh, man. this stuff that uh, you know the Germans were actually able to do. I think the Zionists are totally afraid of those guys, except that they've got them by the throat again. Uh, and you, you watch what Merkel does, and you can't help but just see that she's just a, a tortured uh, mouthpiece. Uh, it's whole, it's it's just ridiculous. And and you're right, people have got to wake up. But I just don't think it's going to happen no, on, a, on any large happen. scale. It's not going to happen on any large scale. We're a small percentage, and, and and believe me, John, I have learned the hard way doing this for as long as I've been doing it. Okay, it right. just yeah. resonates with a small amount of people, and you can't. It doesn't seem to be anything you can do to increase that. Okay, from my experience. And so I shifted my efforts and go and we're going to find those people. Okay. And we might not be right. many, but we're damn sure mighty. Right. 
No, that's correct. And the few that are going to listen and start paying attention are going to be able to uh, do a little bit of battle here. Ultimately, uh, God wins and cleans it up, you know. But the problem is that an awful lot of people have... Uh-oh. Oh, crap. You son of a bitches. Electricity's gone down, and uh, of course it's cut off from the server. So what I'll do is I'll be able to salvage the show because it was a darn good show today, and uh, have Greg put it in there, and hopefully the electricity's going to be back up in a minute or two. Um, otherwise, I'm just going to mute this so you don't hear all the cussing that I'm about to do, and uh, it'll just hopefully the electricity will come back on.